Hey everyone, Sam and Brandon back with you today recording from Austin, Texas for this week's Venture Pill. Today is Tuesday, February 15th, and we're excited to give you guys another dose of unique startups across different industries and stages. Pleasure to be alongside you once again, Sam. Excited to be here and break down these great stories. First, we're going to update you all on OpenSea's new move into venture capital. Smooth Seas never made a good sailor. Gar! <laughs> then we'll tell you about Peaks, an innovative startup out of Amsterdam that provides athletes a way to better monetize their brand through exclusive content subscriptions. Picture in OnlyFans, but for athletes. Yeah, and eager to talk about Dawn, a new app poised to disrupt the sleep tech market through smart sleep coaching aimed to address insomnia and other sleep disorders. But if you're losing sleep over supply chain issues, <laughs> we've got a fast-growing beast to tell you about in our last company for this episode, Viho. It's a last-mile delivery logistics company leveraging an Uber-like model and boasting a 99.9% delivery accuracy rate. Rest assured, Grandma's gift will get there on time. You see here, kid? You gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a deep breath, and jump. This is Venture Pill with your hosts, Sam and Brandon. We're here to prescribe you your weekly dose of venture capital and startup news to keep you informed in the evolving world of venture. Um, I'm sure everyone here listening knows about OpenSea and how it's one of the biggest NFT platforms in the NFT industry today. But in breaking news, they're actually expanding into the venture capital industry. They're planning on opening a whole venture capital arm led by co-founder Alex Atala, and they say that it's dedicated towards growing the Web3 ecosystem through NFTs, decentralized systems, and other novel blockchain uses, um, according to their latest blog post. But some of the biggest benefits that they're kind of offering to attract some of the best startups and venture capital investments are direct access to OpenSea leadership, access to OpenSea's strategic venture partners, including big names like A16Z and others, as well as assistance with NFT security and improving NFT standards, as well as guest blog posts on the OpenSea blog and connections with leading NFT creators and OpenSea ecosystem grant recipients. So a lot of benefits that they package into the whole deal. And as a side note, um, something that is just a noteworthy stat we found earlier today was that OpenSea saw more than $5 billion worth of NFT trade volume on its platform in January 2022, which set a new monthly record for OpenSea. Yeah, so they've definitely been in the news a lot recently, but it's just really interesting to see them extend into the VC space. They're a giant at this point, multi-billion dollar company. We've seen Coinbase be super successful with their venture arm, Coinbase Ventures, and they're really able to leverage their expertise, their connections within the space. And we continue to talk about this blending of Web3 crypto with venture capital. And, you know, this is just the next greatest example of it. Yeah. And you you can imagine just with NFT-centric startups, OpenSea is obviously seems like it would be one of the most trusted and logical partners to partner with in venture capital. 
So now we're going to move on to another cool company we found called Peaks. That's P-E-A-K-Z. Referred to us actually by one of our friends, Josh. Shout out, Josh. Shout out, Josh. And Nathan, the geniuses behind our intro music, Dean Keaton. Also shout out to Cole Bauer. But Josh is a big uh, startup crypto guy. He, he told us about Peaks uh, actually today, and we looked into it. Really cool early stage startup. They are basically providing a platform similar to OnlyFans, but dedicated to athletes. So athletes can post kind of their behind the scenes workouts, their preparation, you know, basically ex- exclusive content that they want to offer to their fans. And they can sell a monthly subscription to their exclusive content. So their goal here is to divide money and sports equally. You know, this is the kind of trend that we're seeing across Web3 since we've been talking about really just spreading out equity and decentralizing, you know, the flow of money within sports is certainly a trend we're seeing with name image likeness in college sports. Uh, I think they're on the right side of this trend where they can provide athletes a, a way to earn money on the content that they post rather than just posting on Instagram and TikTok a bunch where they're not actually seeing direct payment. Right. I think that that was kind of one of the main points that they addressed on the website was just that when these athletes post these workouts or they have these huge followings on Instagram or Twitter, whatever the social media platform may be, but they don't really see the profits or the the revenues that Instagram sees just by having millions of people watch their workouts. So I think it's, I really admire the idea of athletes being able to take home kind of the money that they rightfully own. Definitely. And it's interesting, their business model is they simply take a 15% cut of any subscriptions that athletes charge on the platform. So athletes keep 85% of the subscriptions that they can collect, and that money's going directly to them. And maybe these are smaller athletes. I, I see on the platform right now they have MMA fighters, boxers, uh, an Olympic sprinter, just some of the ones that they, they uh, posted on the website. And this company, I should mention, is based out of Amsterdam. So they're likely going to be starting in mainly the European sports. And it should be interesting, should they decide to expand into the U.S. market, that's going to be a big market, maybe a little bit of a competitive market, although I haven't heard of any companies like this in the U.S. In terms of funding, they've raised just a small 700K angel investment. So they're truly early stage. We're certainly going to be keeping tabs on peaks and following along as they hopefully grow and and raise more money to address this problem, providing more ownership to the athletes themselves for the content that they generate. Yeah, maybe you and I should upload some workout videos on there, get some scouts. Um, No, but in all seriousness, just to wrap up this quick blurb on peaks is just, I see a really cool use case of this being high school athletes, whereas traditionally, at least speaking from when I was a high school athlete back in the day, you would post some kind of mixtape or highlight reel, maybe it's on Huddle, maybe it's on YouTube, but either way, if it sees 100 views or it sees 100 million views like Zion's mixtapes back in the days, Zion Williamson for our fans, YouTube or Huddle is the one that really takes away the bottom line revenues and profits, not so much Zion Williamson. Mm -hmm. So I kind of think that this would be a cool way for really highly touted five-star, you know, high school football athletes or any other sport athlete for that matter to kind of 
start making money while they're in high school to have these elite coaches from all these college programs and maybe even from professional sports teams pay to be a scout like the Peaks platform kind of provides the, the payment structure on that yeah. and, and see how that works out. I think that's kind of a cool use maybe for Peaks. It is. That could be a good entry market for the U.S. for them. Yeah. We should, we should uh, get some paid consultants yeah. <laughs> going on. Um, but, yeah, Peaks, really cool company. Thanks to Josh for pointing that out. We're going to also create, as a side note, a database of all the companies that we're talking about on our episodes. And, you know, who knows, down the road a year from now when they raise their seed round, We'll provide the update. So it'll be cool to track all the companies that we mentioned on VenturePill and and make sure to update you guys on any subsequent fundraising or any any other relevant news as we go along. Yeah, very excited about that idea as well. And I think now is as good a time as any to transition to our next story, which is this company called Dawn Health. They just raised a $1.8 million pre-seed round which puts them at a $5 million pre-money valuation. Uh, they're backed by some big names like Kindred Ventures, who were notorious for being early investors in Uber and Coinbase. And this company, Dawn Health, is positioning itself as the new standard of care for insomnia treatment. So a little bit of data and context here. According to the American Sleep Association, roughly 70% of Americans have some kind of sleep disorder. And I certainly feel like I'm within that 70%. But furthermore, studies conducted by the American Academy of Sleep Medicine reveal that the average worker loses $2,280 in productivity per year, which leads to a total of over $63 billion in lost productivity per year over the whole workforce due to systematic lack of sleep. So now a little bit more specifics on Dawn Health. It's a mobile app, links to a wearable, so think Apple Watch, maybe Aura Ring. Wearables are obviously a growing market in itself. The pricing structure is it's $60 a month, and that $60 a month gets you a personalized sleep program, which is completely on your own terms. You can reach out to a dedicated sleep coach 24-7 from the comfort of your own home, and they will help you get onto a good regimen of sleep patterns and behaviors. Um, the kind of science behind it, not to pretend like I know everything, all the science behind it, but they leverage cognitive behavioral therapy to treat insomnia to help you sleep better. So again, without getting too in the trenches, how cognitive behavioral therapy works is that it guides you to identify the thoughts and behaviors that cause the sleeping problems or make the sleeping problems worse and replace those problems with good habits that lead to going to sleep sooner and staying asleep longer. So a little bit of a summary, the results are early data shows, at least, uh, for Dawn Health, that 80% of people who have gone through the program hit a point with their insomnia that they were no longer relying on medication, alcohol, or marijuana for help to fall asleep. And just to kind of paint a picture of the overall market that Dawn Health is joining, it is an increasingly crowded space of the sleep market, which is estimated to reach 137 billion, with a B, by 2026. Yeah, so big market, and just some immediate thoughts after you talk, talk through the breakdown there. This company seems like a combination between like a Whoop right. or an Aura Ring, even more similar to the Apple Watch, with, with the aspects of like a Calm, like kind of a mental health, wellness, mm-hmm. software, 
kind of a, an AI. I wonder if they leverage AI or if they're just strictly connecting you to their sleep experts. But it's like this combination of intelligence and a little bit like a, a mental health aspect. And I think that's a really cool avenue into the sleep space, which is super competitive right now. I feel like sleep tech is really making its way into the mainstream. People are realizing how important sleep is as a pillar of health. Totally. I know I have certainly through using my whoop and, you know, people are waking up to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Nice. No, but uh, you kind of echo what the CEO and founder of this company said, which is that so many short-term and long-term health problems tie back to lack of sleep or bad sleep patterns. So while $60 a month is obviously no small fee, I think if you kind of take a step back and realize the overall health problems, you might be helping out by investing in your sleep. Mm -hmm. For some people, that, that could totally be worth it. And again, I, you mentioned that you're kind of getting good at your sleep regulation and routine. And I, it's something I've been trying to work on. And, you know, this is, this is right up my alley in terms of a market that I'm looking at. Yeah. And I think they're well positioned within the space. They kind of have this unique angle of, you know, addressing uh, insomnia specifically and other sleep disorders, mm -hmm. whereas these other companies are just telling you how long you sleep, maybe how well you sleep, suggesting your bed and wake times using data to show you that. But this is like all sleep all the time. And I think that's gonna be a good differentiator for them. They're backed by some pretty impressive investors. And the market, those stats that you broke down, $63 billion in lost productivity per year due to lack of sleep. That's incredible. I mean, yeah. I, I wonder how they reached those numbers, <laughs> but I would believe it. I mean, oh, I know sure. I'm a lot more produ productive when I get my eight hours of sleep. And we all know how tough it is to get through a day when we don't get the sleep we need. A hundred percent. And like, I, I like that how you mentioned they're, they're carving out a specific part of this kind of health and wellness lifestyle, digital app trend, which is specifically sleep and not just you slept from 12 a.m. to 8 a.m., but you know, more of a pattern to help alleviate insomnia. Yeah, it's a really cool company. Well, the last company we wanted to cover today uh, is a company called Viho. It is a last mile delivery logistics company uh, founded in 2017 by Itamur Zur. Uh, apologies if I butchered that pronunciation, <laughs> but uh, he, he started this company out of HBS, Harvard Business School in 2017 as part of, I think, like a pitch competition and has since grown this company to be over a billion dollar company or as we refer to it in the venture space, a unicorn. <laughs> uh, but to give you the background on Viho, they're redesigning packaged logistics entirely around the needs of e-commerce brands and their customers. With a network of company-operated warehouses, Viho facilitates next-day delivery from the brand's distribution center all the way to the consumer's door. Their proprietary tech powers a platform that seamlessly matches demand for deliveries with crowdsourced drivers, so kind of this Uber model for delivery uh, drivers. And so the driver partners collect packages from the warehouses and they deliver them to consumers on dense last mile routes. So I think drivers can sign up for like a wide variety of types of routes, whether it's a four hour deal or a six hour route, and they can sign up for it and, and make some money as they would signing on to Uber. 
Love that idea. Yeah, and the operating model en enables what they claim to have an industry-leading 99.9% on-time delivery rate, which is pretty incredible. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> That's coming off Larry David with a big Super yeah. Bowl, uh, <laughs> big Super Bowl cameo there. Um, but yeah, two months after they raised a monster $125 million Series A, just back in December, they're now raising another $170 million for their Series B, which puts them at that $1.5 billion valuation. Crazy. And they've now raised $300 million in the past two years. So Two months. Well, no. That includes their prior, prior rounds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so and the list of investors is impressive. Uh, General Catalyst, um, among others, the Chain Smokers, Mantis VC Fund. I, I always see the Chain Smokers getting in on some action. Um, and they also have some great kind of advisor founders and CEOs of companies like Allbirds, Everlane, Flexport. That one's a big one. Uh, just heard the Flexport founder on the All In podcast. You should check that out. He really details the supply chain issues that we're having in this country right now. And that kind of leads into the whole impetus behind this business, which is riding huge tailwinds on supply chain issues that our country and really the world is facing right now with regard to ports, you know, huge backups of uh, shipping container ships off the coast of California, things I'm, sh I'm sure you've seen. But if you want to learn more about it, check out the All In podcast with the Flexport founder. I'm forgetting his name right now. Maybe we can uh, put that in the notes. But essentially, they're riding... Uh, VHO is riding a big wave of supply chain issues. We certainly all saw it this past holiday season where maybe if we were smart enough, we ordered our holiday gifts in October, September, and maybe they got here on time. So this problem is fresh in the minds of consumers. They want to be able to order something and know when it's going to get there. And that 99.9% .9 accuracy is exactly what they need to be reassured. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think there's so many exciting components of this of this idea, um, leveraging the kind of Uber shared economy, ride sharing type system to deliver these packages. I think is awesome. First of all, you know, it's intuitive to see how that model could help get that last mile of delivery routes taken care of in a much more efficient manner than the traditional UPS or any kind of traditional mail service. It does seem like those delivery services are ripe for disruption. Like transportation yes. of people has been disrupted by Uber, Lyft, others, scooters even. But delivery, I mean, Amazon has innovated, sure, but crowdsourcing delivery, it's a really cool idea. Yeah, I think so too. And, and as you said, I think you hit the nail on the head with this is perfectly positioned to kind of help alleviate some of those supply chain issues that everyone worldwide or at least nationwide have really been experiencing for the past year plus. So yeah, I mean, it just goes to show that supply chain shortages and problems affect everyone, whether even if you know it or not. So it's a it's a massive issue. I think we're seeing the traction that they have. They've grown 40% in revenue uh, in January alone, and they've added another 20% to their customer base, which is insane. I mean, that backs up the fact that they raised a whole other round just two months after their Series A and their plans are quite lofty. 500 employees today. <laughs> guess what? Guess where they want to end up by the end of this year? I'll wait. <laughs> uh, 2,000 employees. <laughs> 2,000 
2,000 employees, that's massive growth. Um, personally, I'm at a 100, 110-person company that I joined when they were 40 employees, and I thought that was ridiculous. Imagine joining a 500-person company and quadrupling in size in one year. That's that's crazy. But with all that funding, they have money to spend. They need to hire like crazy. Right. I think they're hiring across all departments, obviously. Software engineers, certainly, to build out a more robust solution. But should be interesting to see how they put the money to work. It makes me think about, and I've been reading a lot about network effects. If you want to learn about network effects, I strongly suggest you checking out the book, The Cold Start Problem. It's written by uh, Andrew Chen, who's a partner at Andreessen Horowitz. Uh, he was at Uber. He saw a lot of the growth with this kind of two-sided network idea where it's like a chicken and egg problem. For Veho, it's they need these drivers, similar, very similar to Uber. They need the drivers, they need the demand for delivery, but they can't get one without the other. And so as they grow, I'm sure they're going to be leveraging some of the ideas that Andrew talks about in his book on how to grow network effects. Maybe they grow location by location. They implement some sort of incentives for drivers to get them into the network. And maybe they're even competing with Uber drivers kind of that pool of labor, the kind of the gig economy workers that, I don't know, do they make more money by driving for VHO? Is it just more predictable? They don't have to deal with people. It's an interesting new option for people who want to earn some money on the side just by using their car. Yeah, totally. And I, I think it, it's great to create this competition amongst people that want to make some extra money just using their car because when Uber realizes that they're losing a small percentage of their workforce to VHO, for instance, and DoorDash and other sharing economy, ride-sharing platforms, then you wonder if that's gonna drive them to increase compensation packages, and ideally it just you know helps the guy who's actually driving his car and doing a great service. You're right, the, the gig economy workers deserve a little bit more power on their end of things and competition only puts that more into their hands i think that's a great point yeah no i think a little competition is always good for the consumer and also hopefully this helps uh tilt tilt the scales more in favor of the actual hard-working people out there um, but anyway sam you and i could go on about this all night i think this is as good a spot as any to call it for this episode uh, to our listeners out there Thank you for listening. I know this week's episode might have been a tough pill to swallow, <laughs> um, but we appreciate y'all, and we will see you all here again next week. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for your next dose of startups and venture capital on Venture Pill. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low-key, okie-dokie, that's alright, but...